guys. Welcome to The Mom Voice. This is Lauren and Sarah with episode 70. Okay, Lauren, have we addressed yet on the podcast how funky all this new hand sanitizer smells? Oh, no, we haven't. And that's so funny. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. It's disgusting. Well, it's weird. And there's like different textures too. Like some are more gel-like, actual thicker, and then some are watery even. Yes. And, and disgusting. And like, there are a lot I, of smells. I'm like, where's the Purell smell? Yes. Um, how have we not figured out yet how to like make this smell good? Because I literally want to vomit with half the hand sanitizer that I'm using now. And it's so funny how, so, I mean, of course there was a need, so they've made the supply and there's oh, so many brands. So much now. And so many new new products I've never even heard of and they all do smell you're totally oh, right they're so, weird. so gross it's, they're just funky yeah like I even tried to like come up with a description and there is no description yeah they're just it's like weird, the like... funk of the 2020 hand sanitizer yeah the smell it's of disgusting okay well episode 70 Lauren episode 70 that's big that's girl. a big number I know as we were like planning that out I'm like wow we're really close to 100 I mean that's still weeks away but that's just crazy we're in the up half here let's make the world let's hope the world doesn't crash before then. yeah let's hope we make it to episode 100 days because <laughs> we'll have a big old party when that happens totally um okay well if you are new around here we want to welcome you and just give you a brief overview i'm sarah and i'm lauren i know a lot of you out there kind of struggle with that some of you say that we sound the same which I don't get at all. I don't either. But so, I guess defining who's who, I get that. Yes. So tell them what you do every single show. Yeah, I'm always the opening um, of welcoming to the mom voice. And so, yeah, and I, I don't and know. And if you follow I, us on Instagram, Lauren is the curly, more blonde one. Yes. Um, she has four kids, twins in there. I'm the one who always closes the show, uh-huh. and I have like kind of an ombre hair style. I'm a little bit taller, have three kids, and I'm Sarah. So I know I always get cracked up every time I read that. I crack up too because I grew up in Texas. You grew up here, and like I think we sound so different. No, maybe I do we too. don't. I don't know. Your accent's mostly gone, but once in a while we hear it come out. Oh, you used to be savage to me about my accent do you remember in a negative way was I Um, like I what do you remember how I said birthday oh do you not remember say that word one more time what is it (laughs) birthday oh look see you've come so far yeah she used to say birth bird day birthday bird was it birth or bird bird day happy bird day I just know I'm scarred okay (laughs) I just I had to fix that but that was not an accent thing was it I know that was a speech about it no I'm teasing (laughs) somehow my accent has gotten beat out of me in the past um 15 years which is sad that I've lived here I know it's crazy that is crazy um anyway but welcome to the mom boys we are a podcast we're best friends longtime best friends and um we're kind of all over the place here. Yeah. Some episodes are hot takes. They're random spout-offs about what's going on in the world. Some are more serious. Right. We have a more, um, not serious one, but a more mindful episode today. Yeah. That we're excited to put out. We did a lot of research on this one. Yes. And I, yeah, no, I think this is really exciting, really helpful information. I really think so too. And in preparation for the episode, we both read the book Mm -hmm. and that's big. (laughs) Let's be real. Like Sarah's the reader and Lauren is not. No, but I mean, finding the time right now when I feel like there's just no structure, there's no alone time, like all the stuff. We actually carved out the time to kind of 
well, when I say read, we listened to the book on Audible. And um, the book we're talking about today is The Five Love Languages of Children. Yeah. Um, by Dr. Gary Chapman. So really quick before we get going, I just want to invite all of you, if you are new around here, please go subscribe. Please go do that. We have so much good content planned. We're really hustling and we're really trying to like blow up the podcast, you guys. Blow it up. And so we many people to. have been so sweet the past week. They've shared us and we can tell. And you guys, virtual hugs out there. Absolutely. No, it means the world to us because like it keeps us chugging along. I mean, like we say so many times, it's such like a one-sided gig and we just hope people are out there and we hope that we're helpful. We hope we have a good time with you. And so when you give us some feedback and we know that it's like so encouraging. And like being totally real, it's a side hustle. Oh, I know. Like we're not making anything off of this yet. Like we're trying to, obviously, like that would be the goal down the line. The dream. The dream is to like keep this little thing going that we have here because we do feel like we have... This like little magical community that we've built up with some of the listeners and it's so fun. And so, yeah, we just, the whole point, we really appreciate all the shares because that really is the only way we will grow, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Mm -hmm. So we really do appreciate it. So make sure you're subscribed. Okay. Love languages. Here's what we're, here's what we're talking about in this episode. We are going to run down what they are, um, how we can apply them to being a better parent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some of the pitfalls we might fall into when it comes to parenting. And then how we can identify our children's love languages. Okay. Um, So those are kind of the main goals we want to talk about on the episode. Obviously, throughout each of the love languages, we're going to try and talk about how parenting can apply and Mm -hmm. throw in some of our own stories there. But we want to really encourage you to go read the book. Right. Absolutely. I think you need to take this the time and carve it out for yourself, too, because I think each family, each child is so different and it really takes a little bit of effort to kind of define each one. Mm -hmm. And so the book is super helpful. And And it's only about what a five and a half hour listen. If you're listening to it, it's actually a really short book. I do have the physical book. I just I ordered it like a year and a half ago. I've had it sitting around and I've just literally never cracked it open. And then one day last week I was like sick in the bed and I was like, I'm just going to listen to it. And literal like mind blown emojis going off where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is Kate. This is Landon. Like, did you feel the same? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we wanted to definitely highlight, we want this to be a hopeful and encouraging message. We don't want this to like beat you down and be like, because I know even as I was reading it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I Am I too late? I need to do this. And I think the really um, inspiring and exciting part about this are these are things that you can, if you haven't or you don't do, you can literally start doing tomorrow oh my and gosh, start yes. seeing instant results from like, you know, effective ways to communicate with each one of your children. So I think that's really exciting. And then also, I know a lot of our content can sometimes relate to like the toddler years or even, you know, those little, those young years. This is really great resources for 
I think really like seven, eight plus and definitely into the teens. And so. Oh, well, even your own marriage. And right. And I'll go there of how kind of I was introduced to it. But yeah, keep going. The bo- no. Well, and I just because really you'll, we'll get into it. But it talks about how really four years old and younger are all of the languages, mm-hmm. which is like good and bad. It's mm-hmm. encouraging. And also, wow, that's a lot to take on. But then they really kind of define into their own, just like we do as like, yeah, adults. And in our marriage, we have one or two that really speak to us and mm-hmm. and our, your kids develop into that. And so that you can learn that and figure that out for yourself. I know. I love that too. And so we did want to just put that message up front that in no way let this become a burdensome or like information overload episode. If anything, it's like, hopefully it will kind of spark some interest for you to go read the book. And if you feel like you hear something that maybe inspires you a little bit. I will say this, out of all the parenting books, the blog posts, the methods, the methodologies that I have researched and read thus far in just my seven years of parenting, this one makes the most practical sense to me. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. as I'm listening to it, it's like, oh yeah. And it seems easy enough. Like if you're willing to just kind of literally just be mindful of it throughout throughout your life. Right. Okay. So like a really brief background on the doctor who wrote the book. It's Dr. Gary Chapman. He's famous for the, the five love languages. Yes. When did you first hear about that book? Was oh, it man. When, Early when, in our marriage. That's what I thought. I, I, I mean, I'm going to be married 12 years this year. And I think, honestly, we probably bought the book like year one or two. Yeah, I so thought... a long I, time ago. I thought you had told me about it, too. I never, ever had read it, even thought to look into it until like year seven of my marriage, we Mm -hmm. hit, I'm not even going to say a rough patch, but it was like, we were in the thick of our children. We had just moved. We were renovating a house. Like there were just so many pressures on our marriage. We were just like stressed. We had moved away from all of our friends and family. Like, do you remember this time? I do. And it, it came to a point where it was like, we were just so far apart. And my husband actually came to me and he's like, I think we need to read this book. And so we started, we started reading it together. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. So literally for the past three years, I'm not kidding. I have this in the back of my head almost every single day. Yeah. This this is my way to get through to him. This is his language. This is how to... Or selfishly, my love tank is not getting filled. Like he's right. not doing enough. He needs to be more mindful of me or he needs to blah, blah, blah. Yes. Like I almost use it as a weapon he needs too. to speak my language. Right, which yeah. I shouldn't do. But like, it's so funny. We talk about our love tanks all the time. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the love tank. The love tank is something that Dr. Chapman talks about a lot throughout the books What's the love tank, Lauren? How would well, yeah, you describe you, it? So like for our children, I think your love t- filling their love tank is making sure that they are feeling seen and um, loved and being, you know, that you're showing them their love language, yes, essentially. Exactly. That you're taking that effort to reach out to them and make them feel loved. Yeah. Um, I feel like he references a lot through the book of like um, stories of how they felt loved yes. or seen. And, you know, it's usually an experience through their love language. And so just those efforts and doing making those efforts in their love language so that they feel your love. Yes. And because I think that's, well, you're probably well, going to no, go into the unconditional is, love of think, how important that is. Oh my gosh. Yes. We have to talk about unconditional love, but I think with the love tank really quickly, I like to envision it as a literal tank. Yeah. Like almost like a, a fuel gauge that's mm-hmm. like going up and down constantly. Right. And you're, you have to constant, 
constantly be fueling that love tank because it will empty out. It and will it empty will be out low. And when it gets low and depleted, that's when things become irritable and frustrating and kids act out, adults act out, all the things, right? But when your love tank is full, you're feeling satisfied and you're feeling happy and you're willing to kind of let things slide that maybe you won't. And, you know, when your love tank is low, right? Right. So I kind of like to think of the love tank as a literal tank. Yeah, literally inside. a tank, for and, sure. And I think it helps with our children to kind of think of it that way too. Like, yeah. you know, putting pennies in the jar type thing. Like right. we kind of have the one bummer I was going to say that I said to you off the air is the one bummer about this whole process is that you have individual tanks for yeah, each child. There's a lot of tanks to fill. Yeah. And it is. <gasps> it and is. It's, it involves a lot of like, exactly like intention and um, efforts because there's probably for or five different languages with just in your kids. Yes. And so it's it's a lot to it, take on. It can and be a daunting idea, but I think as you read the book, and again, we want to encourage you to go read the book because there's so much more detail than we could ever say here on the podcast. But I think that as you read the book and as you think about it more, it's small things though. Like it literally could be like five, if, if your child's love language is quality time, it could just be five minutes in the morning, right. but it needs to be undivided, zoned in quality time. Or it could be, hey, will you run to the grocery store yeah. with me? Yeah. And you and that child go to the store. Exactly. If it's physical touch, it's literally a big hug before bed. Exactly. I mean, those types of things are really going to go so far and really fill back up. Yes. It's all the tiny little things that just kind of add up. Um, another key theme throughout the book is unconditional love. Yes. Um, did that what do you think about that? Like, did that surprise you? Did you catch yourself being like, oh, I do that? Because yes. I did. Oh, I caught I myself like, oh. feeling like so guilty that there are times where I could make, even though, of course, there's always unconditional love, but by my behavior or things that I say, knowing the language they speak now could make them feel like that love is conditional, like it has to be earned or I can or I, I don't feel that way because I'm upset now. Right. And so the main thing that he points out with the unconditional love is like we know as parents that we love our children no matter what. Right. Like we gave birth to them. We we are their parents. Like there's no deeper love. But are they feeling that love? Right. You know what I mean? Like, and do I, they feel it's circumstantial? Like, exactly. it, can it be given and taken away? Exactly. Can I mess up so bad they're not going to, like, feel that way tomorrow or right. this or that? And that you never want a chill child to feel that way. You want them to feel like, we'll love you no matter what and you and feel very safe. Exactly. And very, um, you know, wanted at always. And so there, in knowing their love language, you can really narrow in on the specific things to do to make them feel that way. Absolutely. Instead of just kind of not wasted efforts. Everything's always like, but when you have like more of a challenging child, you want to be able to get through and fill that tank with really like intentional, purposeful things that are really going to impact them. Absolutely. Because like the example of, you know, there's two kids and you bring home a souvenir from the trip. One loves that and values that and appreciates that and shows it off. And the one's like, cool. And it throws on the bed and never touches it again mm -hmm. because they're not, that's not their love mm -hmm. language. So you really have to narrow in on each kid to make it effective. Yes. So conditional, let me just really quick give you an example of like what a conditional 
love statement would be. It would be like, oh, I love you so much in that blue dress that you wear. Mm -hmm. I just love when you wear that blue dress. You look so beautiful in it. So it's not ever attaching like an object or anything they're doing or an action to a love statement. Or a but. Or a but. Yeah, like I love you, but But. when you do this, it really hurts me. Exactly. Because then that feels very conditional. Or I would love you... If you go clean your room right now, and maybe it's not, I love you, but it would be like, oh, Oh, I I would just be so, so super proud of you if you would go, you know what I mean? It's like applying a condition to your love statement. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so it's, and I fall into that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I think every mom is guilty of that. Oh my gosh. And not even realizing, you don't realize the effect those words have, but then in a little child's mind, that's like still figuring it out. It's like, oh, well, They'll love me only if I do it that way or if I'm, oh, but they don't love me when I do that. Exactly. And again, the positive message here is just stop doing it. Yeah. There's no healing to be done. Right, right. You change it tomorrow and it's fixed. Your child knows that you love them. Like deep down, no matter how bad we have screwed it up so far, (laughs) they know we love them. Point blank, period. They do. It's just that we can do better. It Mm -hmm. can be better and we can be more mindful of it. And that's the positive message here is like, okay, cool. Yeah, good idea. Now let's go forward and try not to fall into that pitfall anymore. I think of like, you know, the the conditional love statements. And Mm -hmm. so I love that. Okay, let's jump into um, the types of different love languages. So just a high level. They are physical touch, um, words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, and acts of service. They're the same ones as the adult ones. Mm -hmm. Right. For some reason, I thought they would be different. Right. Right. Isn't that interesting? I know. I guess. We are who we are early on and through and through almost. It really is. Like people reach us the same way as maybe when we're kids to marry. I I know. It's so interesting. And so he does say that we have one primary love language, but then we could also have like a secondary love language. Mm hmm. For myself, I'm still trying to figure mine out. I feel like I I have three. (laughs) I'm still trying to figure mine out, too, because I I feel like what would be your main one? You know, it's hard. I go back and forth, but I think it's words of affirmation. I really do. Because words mean a lot to me. They cut me deep and like I will work myself to the bone just to hear a good job. You did Mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. I will. And when I've worked really hard at something and I've tried real like like cleaning, I cleaned my house yesterday, top to bottom, worked literally seven hours on it to not hear words of affirmation when my husband gets home. That hurts me because I'm looking for it. Do you know what I mean? And so I, I would say that it's my number one, but then secondary, I am receiving gifts. I very much, um, and we'll talk about gifting, but I I take value when I feel like somebody has thought of me and it can be down to the littlest thing of like dropping off a cookie mm-hmm. or just any, like when you brought me a little care package the other day, like that was like, oh, she knows my love language. Like oh. she totally speaks my love language. <laughs> yes. And then you and then you said, you followed up, they didn't have milk duds. You said that, remember? I know, I know they didn't. I was and like, I don't have time to go to another no, store. But it's like little things. Things like that where it does say, are you crying right now? No, I'm not. My eyelashes oh, are stuck I'm together. like, wait, what's going on? I'm talking about melt duds. 
Um, I'm like, like, we haven't even got there yet. She sees me, you guys. No, but literally, it, it is little moments like that where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is why she is my bestie. Like, you do get me in so many ways. But I don't know. And then I think acts of service is like third and definitely physical touch and quality time are low on my list. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I yeah. feel like quality time. I would say, I would say that. I would say at the end, end of the day it is words of affirmation too like I feel like I want to be told like I just love you so much you're so Uh amazing um but I think quality time is second it's funny acts of service is so important to me too because I do feel like Georgia does like a lot for me and my family and stuff but I don't know if it's like oh no I would say yours is quality time language because I think you carve out so much quality time for your family yeah and 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 that's in that yeah. yeah I would agree quality time and Dr. Chapman talks a lot about that about even for our children is how they show their love is often how they want to receive their love. Yeah, and, I would agree with that. And I would kind of apply that to adults as well. Again, go read the book, but we'll talk more um, at the end of the show about how to identify your child's love language. But that is one of them. Yeah. Like kind of be aware, watch them and see how they show love to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's let's dive into each of the different love languages. Okay. Number one is physical touch. I thought it was important to mention here. There have been, and I think we've all heard this, countless, countless studies done over the past few decades about the impact that touch has on infants and Mm -hmm. like um, in orphanages and stuff where they've done studies of infants being held and nurtured and then infants who are like left in the crib. They've like watched them grow and develop and they've seen literal studies of how the children grow and develop so much better and more stable when they've had a lot of good physical touch at an early age. Yes. And I, so I think that's like well documented. We all know that. Love on the babies, the skin to skin at the hospital. Right. I mean, did they do that with Tristan? Was that around back then? Yeah. Yeah. They did skin to skin with him? It was. Because I feel like it's kind of a relatively new-ish Yes, theory. Well, thing. because now they do. They don't even take the baby away from you for the first 24 hours. They, oh. A lot of them don't bathe the baby for 24 oh, hours. yeah, that's right. They want you to, like, be holding the baby and nursing the baby and with the baby for, like, 24 hours. Right. That was not in place when I had babies. Like, right. they pretty much, like, shuffle them away, check them, give them a bath, then bring them back to you all fresh and so clean. Mm-hmm. It's, like, not like that anymore. Yeah. But I, yeah, you're right. When I had Luke, they did leave him because I was like, when are y'all going to give him a bath? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, when are you going to go weigh him and stuff? I Even know. with Caleb, though, I can remember they waited a full day to weigh him and measure him and stuff. And I was like, what? Right. So it was just different. Right. No, I love that. And um, anyway, and, and he talks a lot about like, so in those early like infant stages, it is all about like the skin to skin and the bonding and the touch is like so... I don't know. It is very easy at Bonding, that point. Yeah, all the things. I mean, right for men too, dads. Yes, don't you think for yes. babies, it's so easy and non-threatening. He goes on to talk about as they grow older, it changes, and so yeah, like no, for your boys, how would physical right. touch? No, go it's into funny play? because I literally, I'm not even kidding. Probably ten days ago, I was with like my neighbors, and Tristan came up to me and he like pinched the back side of my arm. 
And I swear he, and I, I, I made a comment. I was like, stop doing that. And I, I, I go, I swear you guys, he like just picks my flabby areas and just wants to touch it. Did I tell you, were you no. there with this? I think it was my neighbors. Like I literally was sitting like this one time and he yeah. started flipping the <gasps> calf. Like okay, this, she's guys, jiggling sitting, her, her, jiggling. her You little... know how when you cross your leg, like in a folded position, your calf just hangs. It's your muscle. And yeah. And he's jiggling it. And I'm like, can you just stop? He makes me feel so fat, like jiggling all my, oh, no. the back of my arm, my back little wing and all uh-huh. that. Your wing. And and, and 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 then when I'm reading this book, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, he just wants to touch me. Yeah, he wants to touch me because as he's grown older, I don't hug or touch him enough. Yes. Oh my gosh, I just had a light bulb moment. Do you know are, what I'm about to are say? Are you to say about his bedtime anxiety? Y- no, I'm not. What? What? About when he was a baby and what his lovey was. Oh yes, oh, yes. Oh, you're under like yeah. Your he had like yeah. I had like a silky undershirt, and oh. he like loved to. It's funny because we just talked about that too. <gasps> Ironically, because we were talking about how like oh, the dog baby kept, Tristan. Sorry. I know the dog was like jumping in like a pile of towels and I would say oh don't you remember when Tristan used to jump in the pile of all the silkies and 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 then he was like yeah I called it my nini oh well it's funny because actually with this too I've mentioned before I think here and there I've never delved a lot into it but Tristan my oldest has a lot of like night anxiety and sometimes I wonder if that's like a thing about feeling secure and feeling close that's kind of can go into a few different languages but Tristan being my oldest being a 10 year old I don't hug and love on him enough and it was like a light bulb for me when I realized I and it's ironic because I literally was like joking and laughing about it with friends that he always has to like pinch and touch and uh-huh. and it bugs me to be totally honest. Uh-huh. I feel bad saying that, but it bugs me. But he's just trying to get it. in that like touch with yes. me. And so I just need to go and like give him hugs more. And you were we were talking about it, even mess up his hair or oh, you yeah. know, grab his shoulder, even just like the slightest touch. And that's the thing. When they're when they're growing enough. up, it's it says like so obviously when they're like young and three-ish and toddlers like the cuddles and all the things like get their blanket and like you know cuddle with them all the things hug and kiss them stroke their hair scratch their back like it can be the smallest little things of even like wrestling like playing yes. with them wrestling that's yes. considered physical touch like Which as your boys love. get older yes. yes like getting down and like or like high-fiving like anything where skin to skin is like touching and I don't want to make that sound creepy but like they they crave that, that and they love that yep. or like a, a group hug is like the best you know right. or like a family high my Landon loves my Landon's a physical toucher and we do this thing where we put all hands in all yes. five and it's one two three and we go family I don't know why <laughs> he came up with it so cute and we've done it for like three years now since he could barely talk but he's my physical toucher and as I'm reading the book it's like group hugs all that stuff like he just wants to touch right the people he loves and it's so fascinating and it's I crazy. think it, I think it also made a good point of like making sure that dad gets in there too because yeah. it's definitely expected for the mom to be the nurturer and the toucher and all those things uh but it's important for dad to get in there and well, like if it's the wrestling like yeah. I had that example of like or tickling oh, or tickling yeah. or just hugs or like maybe letting him sit on dad's lap more like because as you get older those things fade out and they yeah. do like my husband's always holding Caleb and tickling him and and all of it but then you you think oh well you don't really do that with the older boys anymore Mm -hmm. and it just does go away so you almost have to notice an effort and let's be honest almost all men slash boys 
their their one of their languages if not the language will be physical touch absolutely and so especially as they get older yeah as they get older but even as like an adolescent it's like a normal healthy thing and keeping them you know no feeling that love but it might be a secondary one like Mm -hmm. I would say my husband's primary is quality time secondary quality touch or is physical touch and so but it's like so for those children that you identify as physical touchers like when they're sick or when they're hurt, they want they don't want you just to go into action mode. They want right. you down on their level. They want you touching it, kissing it, like yes. attending to it. Do you yes. know what I mean? And yeah. not just like trying to fix it super fast and like acts of service, like moving, moving, moving. You know what I mean? So I don't know. And the other thing I thought that was so important, you talking about the dads, is I think in our society today... There's so many creepy people out there. Right. Like there really are. Right. There's so many news stories that I think men, grown, good, honest adult men now in the back of their heads kind of have this thing, this taboo thing like, uh, I don't know, like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah, I need to be careful or that that looks weird or I shouldn't be too affectionate with them right. or boy right. or girl, honestly, right. honestly. And so I feel like it's. But Dr. Chapman even addresses that, like, all children need physical touch. Mm -hmm. They all need it. Yeah. And it does not even have to be hugs, kisses. It can literally be arm around their neck. Hey, dude. High five. Like, all the things. With their daughter, hold hands every now and then. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But don't, like, so if your husband kind of shies away from that, and I think I told you that, that my husband does it so well with my daughter, but not as well with my boys. And I'm opposite. I'm so in with my boys and then I'm not with my dog. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so I And don't it's know. funny because I would say I'm a super affectionate wife and oh, you partner are. to George. But then it almost like involves some effort for my children, which is weird because I love them just the same. But I, it's like, oh, wow, I've got to make a bigger effort to give them the hugs. And, yeah. you know, yeah, give the cuddles or the arm around the shoulder more. Oh, well, I was just talking about this concept with my sister-in-law that... I feel like it's one one or the other. Yeah. I am naturally more affectionate physically with my children. Yes. Is yeah. that not weird? No, yeah, you had said that too. No, yeah. Like, I, I, don't I, I guess one just somehow, yeah, comes more natural. And one it's, involves it's more effort. It's not that I don't love my husband more. I do. Like, I have a bond with my husband that, again, it kind of goes back to that unconditionality. Yeah. That I know he's there. And right. I know that if right. he doesn't get his met, his needs met, he will still be there. Right. I really feel that way. Right. Even though I probably shouldn't, I I kind of take him for granted in that yes. way. Yes. Whereas with my children, I do feel like this want and a need to always be making sure they feel loved yes you know which is odd well and I think with them going to school and you working and stuff you probably want to make up for that time and so you really like you know yeah you really I do there's a lot of mom guilt that goes that into it for that yeah. and that's and you're doing the right thing there mm. and you're, you're doing it so well I don't know if my husband would agree with that <laughs> oftentimes he's like hey I'm over here <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly I know I know no I'm kidding okay let's move into words of affirmation um so you think we both are number one words of affirmation. That's big. I do think so because... Do you think that's why we've never had a real fight is because we see so eye to eye on things? May- yeah, maybe because we know how hurtful words can be. Mm-hmm. Like we just like, not av- we've never avoided, I don't even think we avoid an issue, but I just, we are not co- a negative Mm-mm. confrontational... I think we communicate really yeah, well. Yeah, I would agree. And but I think we know each other so well too yeah. that we know how to handle 
any sort of like yeah. good or bad. And I would say the same. I think maybe that's why George and I get into the fights we do because my wor- words of affirmation, because he can, I think we just can get heated fast and mm-hmm. the words mean a lot mm-hmm. when they he doesn't totally realize. Do. Well, Dr. Chapman, a, a direct quote that I have from him that I just had to say on here is he says, words are powerful. You can kill a child or give them life by the way you speak to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, whoa. It's heavy. like, yeah, kill them or give them life. And coming from someone who had their, I am a word of affirmation person. I feel so grateful that I feel like my parents naturally did that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, love languages was not a thing 30 years ago, but I feel like they were always like, giving me that reassurance and mm-hmm. that confidence and like building me up. And I, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm beyond grateful for that. Okay. So he dives in. I want to talk about it really quick. In words of affirmation, he kind of breaks it down a little bit more into like specific categories. So he talks about there's words of affection. And what that means is like, you're trying to focus on who the child is. So, you know, you're saying like their personality, their appearance, how much you value them, things like that. So those are like words of affection, mm-hmm. like, oh, I just, your beautiful blue eye, just love your eyes. Your eyes are yes. the most beautiful thing ever, you know, whatever. Then you have words of praise, okay? And those are words that focus on the child's effort. And so very different. That's where parents and this this section I found really interesting because I do think that a lot of us can fall into the pitfalls of trying to motivate our child and actually we're doing damage at the same time. So he goes into this whole long thing about how, for example, if your child is mowing the grass and he his primary love language is words of affirmation, if he gets done mowing the grass And the first thing you say is, oh, you forgot to go edge it over there. Or, oh, you didn't get under the trees. Go get under the trees. What the child hears is, I'm never going to be good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Instead of saying, oh, my gosh, good job. I can't believe like you mowed the whole yard. Right. Like you drop it right there. And you don't address at that time what they didn't do right. You take it the next time that they go to mow the yard to then teach them and say, okay, you did so good last time, but this time I want you to get under the trees and I want you to edge the yard. Do you know what I mean? Right. So he's kind of saying when you're trying to like motivate them and like address or their efforts that they do, whether it's basketball or, or, you know, so let's say a basketball game. Yes. The first time your kid makes a a free, uh, what is it called? The free points? Yeah. Yeah. Three Three point. He makes a three point. If the first game, if, if after the first game, you know, you do give him a high five, whatever, but the first words out of your mouth are, oh, you missed that. You missed that three pointer, dude. You could have had that instead of praising the child. You made your free throws. Oh my gosh. Don't talk about the negative. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean. Go read the book because you're going to understand if your child is a words of affirmation person, and when when we see them in their actions and their efforts that they're doing, don't fall into the pitfall when you're trying. You know what you're trying to do. You're trying to motivate them. Yes. You're trying to be like, dude, I know you can make the three-pointer. I know you can go cut the grass, right? But that's not the time to teach it. You want to like give them that affirmation that they need before you have the teaching moment. But don't you think even... I mean, I know this will probably 
be specific to some children, but don't you think that applies to like all children too? Like, oh, I feel it like probably it's great, totally could. I feel like it's yeah. a great approach to just any sort of criticism, like just making sure that you're like the positive reinforcement Absolutely. reinforcement first, yeah, and then like kind of slide in the critique oh. or criticism later. I think would be. I think it's so smart I, I think mean, it's and so, it's so easy for us to just narrow in on the negative and especially if they're bugging us and they're just da, 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 it's like you didn't do it right go try it again come on like I asked you to do this an hour ago yes it's easy for me to go that way oh me too so fast me too but, but then, the, the point here or the important thing to remember here is it's going to affect the child way more who his primary love language yes. is words of affirmation totally so That's if you true. do that yes. to say Tristan his is not words of affirmation. Let's say, I don't know, right. maybe it is. Or I'll use one of my children. Let's say Luke. I don't know Luke. I don't know what he is yet. But if I were to say something like that to Luke, he would not care at all. Yeah. Whereas if I said to Kate, oh my God, after a dance, I saw her doing a dance. Like, oh, you didn't nail your double. Girl, you could have done that. But it looked so good. You guys were awesome. All she's going to hear is I didn't nail my yes. double. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So it's like, because she takes words so powerful. Yes. It's it like you have, so I think that you're totally right with every child, but like give yourself a break or yes. just try and be really aware of it with, with the, the children yes. who really care about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, because yeah, that's exhausting trying to like always be. I know. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Oh my gosh. But like, or at least I feel like that's how I'm going to kind of approach it is like, okay, I'm going to identify this child is that and I'm going to try and really good to just yes be on point with that one you know totally the third one under words of affirmation I want to mention really quick is words of encouragement so he's just saying here you can just give them a lot of really good feedback when you catch them doing something good mm -hmm. and that will fill their love tank really quick like oh my gosh I saw how you helped Evie up yesterday when she fell down that was so sweet of you yes. thanks so much for helping me out that was awesome those are words of encouragement. You know what I mean? Totally. Or if Luke shared a toy. Lukey, I saw how you shared your toy with your cousin. That was so awesome. Yes. Good job, buddy. Like that's filling his love tank. So anytime tank. you can kind of catch them in an act doing good, which we've heard that all along, try and positive reinforce. Yes. That falls under the words of affirmation is okay. like those yeah. words of encouragement. Okay. And then what's the third one? Quality time. Oh, and you no. think that's your Tristan's? Is that no, that's, that's right? right? Yeah, Tristan is always eager to have fun. Mm -hmm. A, mm -hmm. so he's always like up to do stuff. But B, like it's funny how he will be like, "Hey, Dad, can we work on the dirt bike? Hey, Mom, can we do a movie tonight? Hey, you know." Mm -hmm. And so part of that is him like just always a busybody and wanting to be go 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 right but I have to tie that to that's where he feels fulfilled and loved and, and he's excited and he's asking to do it yeah. and so um I mean it's got to be super interesting yeah. and so Dr. Chapman kind of describes quality time the most obviously it's self-explanatory but he says the most important thing here is it does not matter what you're doing you just have to be undividedly attentive to that child mm -hmm. totally tuned in off your phone and it doesn't even have to be for that long of a time period and so he even says like going to the grocery store like and you had mentioned that before we hit the hit the button to go 
like record. Like, yeah, it could be even that simple, right. you know, it's like doing a chore together. Right. Um, I mean, can you think of any other ways off the top of your head that you could like spend quality time? Well, I mean, it talked about how like you will carve out like a date time or time, a lunch oh. with a friend and you'll carve that time out. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's like, he said, you know, why would you not pencil in a specific time for your child and prioritize that? And I would agree with that. Like sometimes yeah. life gets really busy. And so maybe if you want to have a special hour date with a child per week or once a week, you, you pick a kid and they get to pick something and it doesn't have to be an expensive outing. Yeah, like you totally. said, it could be, Hey, let's go for a walk together, a bike ride together. Let's read your book together. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is something more special. I do think a lot of times to what Shawnee said in one of her past episodes on, you know, pulling a kid out of school for lunch once a week and checking in with them and having a time to catch up and focus on just them. I loved that. Totally. Yes. I do think like he gave so many good examples in the book. Again, please go read it that I just want to kind of give you an example here. And this is a very often occurrence at my house. So for example, if I am working from home on a day, I will set up my laptop at the kitchen table where I can kind of see all the goings on of the house. Totally. And for example, if I'm running a report, that'll take me 20 minutes. I'm zoned in on the computer. I'm trying to get something done. Kate will come up and say, mom, um, I want to show you something in my room. No, I can't do that right now. Kate, I, I'm busy. I can't do that right now. And then she'll go, um, Mom, can we go get a soda? No, Kate, after I get my report done, we'll do it. After that. Mom, let's go do makeup together. No, Kate, I've got to get my report done. Like, please leave me alone. That is Kate begging for quality time. Yes. And yeah. she does it constantly. And so I know that's like ways I trigger in my head. Okay, she's a quality timer. And like I said, words of affirmation. The point he makes in the book is when you see your children literally begging for it like this, wouldn't it be so much easier to, if you know you have something that you need to do, like me, a 30-minute report, I need to zone in on work, take five minutes undivided, go sit down and do something with her, and go focus on her, read a book, do some makeup together, do her hair, fill her love tank up a little bit, and then she won't bother you. She'll be good. Yeah. She'll be absolutely. fine. Absolutely. And when he was saying that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. Like how many times um, have I yes. been in this situation? It's and just it's crazy. almost like, yeah. And it's a, a problem solved just by a few minute effort. Yeah. And just even, yeah, oh being aware of that. And I think it's so easy when they're small, like when they're, when they're little and it's literally like you're on the ground, you're rolling the ball, like quality time is like, I mean, all the time, you yeah. know, when you're oh, raising right. littles, it well, just and happens. When you have to be so present because it's like you don't want them to to die on a penny or something you know it's like you have to be so present but then as they get older it's so easy to be like go entertain yourself go do your thing it's easier not to play the games or be on the floor with them and you have to just again be so like make the effort and and haven't you found that as they start school and the extracurriculars it just naturally the time starts slipping away oh yes and it's sad it is sad totally I I mean I'll be honest there's days where I'm like oh girl you're bugging me like go back to school but I mean I had that day yesterday I'm gonna be real but 
at the same time, when I think about it, I'm like, man, it did used to be really easy. And, well, and it's and it is just such limited years. Mm-hmm. Like it is like we've all we say that over and over again. But it really is just a chapter of time where they're begging you for your time. Soon we'll be begging them for their time because they're too cool for us. And That's they profound. Be out. Oh, stop. Oh. <laughs> but no, it is sad. Like when they just get to be like we were just talking about this with my brother-in-law and they just want to go up to the family cabin up north for the weekend. But their friends, they just want to be in town for the holiday with their friends and da 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 and it's like they're over it you know they they're moved on they got girlfriends and they want to go to the football games they want to be with friends and it will change faster than we know it and it's crazy so I know it is like such a funny thing to recognize you you're busy you want to get your stuff done but then at the same time it's such like a window it is and another point that Dr. Chapman makes is as they get older you have to go to them, okay? Mm-hmm. So he kind of, in something I was reading, I don't even know if this example's in the book, but he talks about how his son was really into Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. He didn't care about Bruce, but he knew his son loved Bruce. So right. they went to the hometown of Bruce. Anyway, his whole point is you got to go to them. You got to find their interest. And you yes. cannot draw a line in the sand and be like, that's stupid. You waste your time on that, blah, 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 whatever. If they're all wrapped into whatever it is, I don't know, coding, computers, I, whatever, find an interest in it. Fake it just to be with your child. Totally. And just to spend quality time that they'll want to be there with you mm-hmm. and that you guys can have that bonding experience. They'll thank you for it. You right, know what I mean? Right. So I thought that was super like interesting. The other thing that he talks a lot about during quality time is quality conversation. And this really applies to the older children mm-hmm. is he talks about just finding ways or, or not missing opportunities to have quality conversation with your children. So for example, if if your child is a quality timer, they just want to be heard. They want to talk. They want you to listen. Again, it goes back to that undivided time. So ask probing questions, right? Ask mm-hmm. them what they're thinking. Yeah. I remember I, I had a counselor when she talked to me about how you need to have seven minutes of yeah conversation oh I don't remember this your child and and look into their eyes oh that's hard yeah look into their eyes while they're talking and like so and there's some sort of like connection thing Mm. that happens yeah where it is probably filling up that love tank and listening to what they're saying and asking the questions and do it for a full seven minutes that's a long time and then also hug for at least oh this I should have mentioned this back in physical touch hug I forget like how long it was but hug for at least 90 seconds or something because then as well it sends like the brain waves to being like this is yeah filling my tank that this touch I'm touching I'm hugging I'm getting that I'm loved oh my god and it's like filling so even like how long you do it I guess it has like a real effect on like your brain so interesting and you can even find like the smallest opportunities like if you guys are just watching tv together if you have an older kid and a commercial comes on be like oh my gosh that reminds me of the time we went to the beach and and we were we were boogie boarding can you believe dad did that and like just start a story and get them talking and just like start conversating if you know try not to miss those opportunities I guess is what the doctor is trying to say and then the other thing under the last thing I'll say under quality conversation is that even with your younger ones so your babies and your toddlers the best thing that you can do there is storytelling and like 
reading books and mm-hmm. telling them stories mm. and just making them up. And mm-hmm. again, they just want your attention. And when you're telling them some wild story about the princess or whatever, yes. they just love that. They and do. They soak it up and they'll remember it. And yes. That's the coolest Caleb part. asks for that a lot, actually. Oh, Caleb, I love that. Okay. Well, we're already um, almost 50 minutes in. At our time, we're which gonna is crazy. Break this up into two parts. Yep. So let's wrap up really quick this episode with a hit and miss. Okay. And then we'll do another part two to finish off the love languages. What's your hit for the week? I just thought I'd follow up with my hit on. I mentioned it on Instagram this week. We have been on the hunt for really weeks, months now for a Switch, a Nintendo Switch. And I had mentioned this app just really quick. My sister. My sister told me about it, and I thought it was great. It's called um, Hot Stock. And so you can just enter in anything that you might be looking for. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know, come Christmas time or whatever. But or right now, Corona, I guess there really are shortages of lots of random things. But it just, like, notifies you as soon as they're in stock. Is it free? Yeah, it's yeah. totally free. And so it was just perfect. I Emmett really wanted a switch for his birthday. And his birthday's still about a month away. But I was just like dang, I'm going to have to find this now or it's not going to happen. Totally. And so um, Best Buy, they notified me and we ordered it and we got it. And he was like over the moon. He's been obsessed for two days. I gave it to him now because it's like, why not? Why not? It's like (laughs) the whole year is shot to hell. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, he knew it was coming. He knew we found it like he was waiting by the window all day for it practically. So I was just like, okay, And and that's a big birthday present. Don't get me wrong. It totally is. We do not normally go that full out. He saved up from near half of it too. So it was like, okay, you save and we'll get it and it'll be your birthday present. So oh, I love it. He was really excited, but it's a great app. Check it out. And we are just so excited to finally Say get it. Say it one more time. Hot stock. Hot stock. Yeah. S-T-O-C-K. Awesome. Stock. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, my hit for the week, this might shock you if you're an avid listener, but for the past two and a half weeks, I have reduced my Diet Coke intake to 24 ounces a day. Yeah. You've said that today and I'm like mad impressed. Shocking. Like, That's so impressive. Here's the other part. And Jeremy, turn it off right now because this is going to bite me in the butt that this is recorded on the podcast. Yes. But it's totally helped my sleep, Lauren. Oh, really? I cannot believe how much better I'm sleeping at night. Really? Really. That's I went to sleep last night without melatonin, without anything for the first time I don't even know how long. I'm not even kidding. Oh, my gosh. No, you didn't say that. That's crazy. No, I knew I didn't tell you that today because I wanted your genuine reaction. But my mind's kind of blown that all this time, my husband's been right for 10 years. And let me say it now. I might I might change my mind on this, okay? I might give up the sleep to take the Diet Coke down the road. Right, right. But it it has. I'm I'm shocked. And I hate to admit it. That but is wild. The other thing, and I should say this, I've cut it off by 2 p.m. every day. So I don't drink any caffeine after 2 p.m. Do you feel like you're dragging, tired? No, not at all. Oh, because good. Because it's freaking 115 here in Arizona. Let's be real. It's so hot. I mean, temperature. It's like 110 outside. Oh, I'm like, yeah. What do you mean 115? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's hot. Right. My body craves water in the summer here. And yes. so I feel like I'm constantly drinking water. Yeah, like, absolutely. I don't know. So come... Come winter, this will probably be a different deal, but that's a hit for me. That's like, huge. Good for you. For sure. Um, okay, what's your miss? 
my my miss. It's funny because George ran over to help Sarah with something last night, and he was like, "Oh, I know what you're gonna say." I know, I know. And he was, and he was unloading the groceries for her because he she had just pulled up and whatever. And so I guess he got a whiff and a good look at her car really fast. Mind you, we both have the Tahoe, remember? And so he comes home and he is, um, it's not typical he goes to her house alone. That no, sounds no, so no, weird. But no, he had to yeah, run over for yeah. something. He came inside and he had to pull my car in because it was whatever, at, not in the garage. So he pulls it in and he's just like, comes in so cranky and crazy. Oh my gosh, your car. It stinks. It's messy. Oh my gosh. Sarah's car still smells brand new. I'm like, how would you know that? Oh, I was helping her tonight with the groceries and it smelled brand new and it looked really good. And look at your car. You don't even care. You don't even take care of it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Mind you, come to find out today, Sarah paid for a $50 car wash on Monday. And I'm like, George, no, but like, I'm like, Yes, I, I need to speak to that really quick. Literally, we went to a quick staycation last weekend. Oh, you don't have to my, justify. There was a bomb that went off in my car coming back. I told you there were suckers stuck on the seats. There was yogurt in the seats. Like, it was disgusting. And I did. I paid 50 60 freaking dollars to have somebody like clean it so he caught it literally right after that is so funny well and yes every mom deserves a good deep clean in there man and i you know but you caught hell for it yes and you know i mean i literally could vacuum it out and throw out all the trash and toys two days before two days later it's it's a wreck again do you feel like it's worse and do you feel like I feel like in school, mine's worse. Do you feel like it's been worse or better now that school's been out? Oh, I don't know. Or about the I same. I don't know. Probably about the same. Yeah. I feel like we're not in the car as much. I will say that. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're not all f- five in the car going somewhere. Well, with dad six, but like I'm not lugging kids around as much. Right. So we're not like going places as much. So there's not as much crap, but I don't know. It's still like without fail, we go one place and one person takes their shoes off. One person unwraps something. One person puts their, you know, like takes off their clothes. Like it's the weirdest things. I'm like, what is happening back Stop here? Stop stripping in yeah, the car. It's like, okay, it's a disaster again. It's oh so my true, gosh, but yours? it's such a like mom truth for all of us. We're yeah, all it's, it's the uh, the never ending battle. We're all ever. on the struggle bus right there with you. Trust me. Um, okay, well, my miss for the week is, and I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating, Lauren. At this point, at this juncture, Thursday night, my children have not showered. I'm not kidding. Since Sunday night, that's a good one. Because I kid you not, and I'm like, and I I'm just don't even care anymore. Well, mind you, here in Arizona, you're in the pool almost every single day. And so that is a lot of it. We just kind of are like, oh, they, they're cleaned off. But I can remember recording an episode last year where I was so disgusted, my children not showering after getting in the pool. I'm just so over it now. I'm really? Like, Were you? Oh, oh see, yeah. I'm like, whatever. Oh, because Kate's hair gets crunchy. The green starts to show up, like all the stuff in Landon's. And I literally said to her before I left, the, I'm like, you need to go get in the shower. Like, it's just disgusting at this point. Well, it's funny how it like takes a conscious effort now. Like, and I think it's quarantine, summer, all of it combined. But here too, at our house, it's like last night, the three littles took a bath. And I don't even know the last time the last time we did that yeah it's like wild i was like oh is okay, it a we're fight is it a good. fight in your house to get them in the shower or the bath be, uh, be honest n- not mostly not but literally i'm I, i'm with you it really hasn't happened that much so it's like i don't even know oh we've... i feel like it's kind of a battle they're like oh, 
don't want. Like they're, I, I get cold when I get out, or I'm hot, or meh, meh. I'm yeah. Like, oh my right, gosh. Right. Just go to bed. Yeah. <gasps> anyway, so, so funny. that's my mess. That's a good one. That's a good so one. Annoying. It's a real one. Okay, guys. Well, we're gonna do a part two for yeah. the love languages. So make sure and tune in. If you enjoyed this episode, please go leave us a rating and a review, and please, please share us with your friends, your family on social media. You can find us on Instagram at the Mom Voice Podcast. We are there throughout the week and we share a lot about our families and ourselves. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> yes, yes and no. I yes don't know. That's true. Um, but yeah, and we are back every Monday. Yes. So come on back. Thank you so much and take care of each other. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.